Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of the Asking for a Friend podcast. It's an elder-led ministry of Believers Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. And as usual, my name is Duffy Henderson and I'm your host. Well, the Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and the benefit of God's people. So here we hope to provide helpful, thoughtful, and most importantly, biblical material as we address everyday life questions and issues. So if you find this podcast helpful, please take a few moments to share it with someone that you think would benefit from it. Thanks for listening in today, and may the Lord bless this episode in particular greatly to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth and your benefit. And we are back for another of our interview series. We've done those in the past, and I'm back here. I'm excited to um, discuss this topic today. Uh, this, this episode will center around the home life, with specifically with parents and children, and the responsibility that parents have to raise their children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, but also navigating cultural issues uh, that they will face even as children and as they grow up through their teen years, uh, school, church life, work life, uh, recreational life, ball field, all of those things uh, can create quite a bit of a difficulty at times for parents to really know uh, where to go, what what to do, uh, some challenges. And so uh, today I'm joined by Amy Davison. Is that correct? Amy Davison, uh, she's with Mama Bear Apologetics, and I'm, uh, it's a pleasure to have her on today. Uh, she, I'm going to let her introduce herself and talk a little bit about herself in a moment. But uh, we, uh, my wife has read through, I, I know at least two of, y'all have two or three publications. Um, we have two books and then two study guides that go along okay. with each of the books. And we got Perfect. a third one coming out here soon. So next year, I believe. Wonderful. Wonderful. I think my wife has both of the the ones that have already come out. And so she kind of put me onto this. She, you know, two thumbs up. She loved it. And several other uh, folks that I know of have read through them. So I was like, well, this would be a great time to talk about a really important issue. And so Amy, thank you. Uh, welcome to the podcast and just take a minute, introduce yourself Tell us your involvement about uh, how long you've been with Mama Bear Apologetics and just it, it, the floor is yours for a minute. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm Amy Davison. Uh, I am a, not a native Texan. My husband and I are actually transplants here. We were both active duty military and then God called us to the great state of Texas. And even when my husband separated from the military, we never left because I mean, it's Texas. Why would you leave? And so we have just enjoyed being here. Uh, we have three boys and a little girl on the way. So we have got uh, a full house with kiddos and this ministry was something I did not have on my radar. Uh, if you'd have asked me when I was a kid what I was going to do, it would have I would have told you that it was storm chasing. And God used my love of meteorology to bring me instead to ministry. And so I've been with Mama Bear Apologetics for almost four years now. And so I help write uh, their blogs. I helped do the podcast. I also was one of the writers with the Mama Bear Guide to Sexuality. And it has just been a huge blessing to be able to travel around and speak to churches around the country and even in, in other nations to be empowered by the spirit, not to cower in front of culture, but instead to stand and speak boldly and raise up this next generation to be warriors in the faith. And mm. it's just, I've been so grateful to be a part of this. That is amazing. So you said you have, you've contributed to some of the books that have been written. 
um, and you've been there for about four years. You, you've where have you where have you spoken before? I'm, this is just a, a question off the top of my head. Where have you been um, speaking around the country? Oh man, all over. In fact, wow. this last spring was was crazy. I think I had a a six week stint to where every weekend I was in a different state. And so, wow. I mean, I've done Long Island, Michigan, a whole bunch. Michigan is just killing it. Uh, I've done the Dominican Republic. Wow, I'm going up to Oklahoma tomorrow. And so, I mean, everywhere in between, I was able to speak in my home state of Washington, which it was really exciting because it it has changed. The culture in Washington state has changed so much. And to be able to speak life uh, back where I grew up was just a, a really neat way of, of coming full circle. So yeah, all over, all over the United States. Wow. That's amazing. Well, thank you again for joining us today. So I wanted to just talk uh, specifically, this is a resource, this ministry is a resource primarily driven toward families and um, with with children. It's, 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 a, it's a resource that focuses on raising children up, uh, whatever age they are, um, and, and how that can be done within the, con within the paradigm of the home. That's my perception of the ministry, and it's wonderful. Uh, your, your stuff is really good. Uh, I've looked on the blog a little bit, really good stuff there. But I wanted to talk just a little bit about, um, you said you've got three children, one on the way, and mm -hmm. uh, my wife and I have five. We just had a, a, our fifth child this uh, this year, so she's seven oh, months. Oh, we, we have a full house as well, yeah. and I know very well the difficulty uh, from being the on the dad side of things balancing things um and, and always kind of having that uh that feeling sometimes of a little bit of guilt like i'm mm -hmm. i haven't uh you know i know i've, I've this past week has been rough or uh, i've really dropped the ball here mm -hmm. or you know we we all know those things and so i just wanted to talk with you a little bit about the blessing of children and just in general and encourage parents uh that children are hard and they're difficult sometimes. It's yeah. a difficult task of raising them, raising them just in the basics of raising them. And mm -hmm. so adding on sometimes this uh, in, in the Christian world, sometimes it can it can honestly feel a little burdensome to be like, OK, now I've got to be having to do all of this other stuff with my kids whenever we're already maxed out. I've got to teach them the Bible. I've got to you know, they've got to be doing this. I've got to make sure this and you know, I, I know what that's like to kind of have that. And so I just speak to just the, the joys of home life and with raising small children and the busyness of life for that, Amy. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, gosh, isn't parent guilt real? <laughs> I mean, Satan is so clever at mm. pointing out all the things that, that uh, you know, where we missed an opportunity or we didn't say the right thing or the, you know, the all of that. And so I, th I think one of the most encouraging things is to recognize that parenting is a, a, a battle in the sense that it is a, a spiritual warfare that's going on because one thing our culture has done is systematically degraded child rearing, marriage, the family. Um, I think it was St. Lucia who said that the she theorized that the last battle between God and Satan will be over marriage and the family. And that is what we're seeing in our culture today. You know, we, there's a huge antinatalist movement to where you're actually vilified if you have more children that's considered selfish. Yes. And then marriage is just seen as a piece of paper. So, I mean, when you have this constant degrading of God's design, it's important to remember that, no, this is actually physical representations of a spiritual reality. It is God's relationship to the church, symbolic 
symbolic within the family. The parent's relationship with the child is symbolic of that. And goodness, there I, I get those moments sometimes where you're trying to reason with a child and they're just being defiant. And you get those moments where you're like, wow, this must be what it's like for God and his people sometimes, yeah. because you know the right thing, you know what's best for them. But yet here's this wonderful little individual who is exercising every ounce of their free will and your patience at the same time. And so, but it is a blessing. You have these moments of immense beauty with your kids where you see them reveling in creation creation or you know my my boys are older they're they're 15 13 and 11 and so there are moments where they have had theological breakthroughs or make an observation of culture and the world and you're just floored because you're like wow that is totally a god moment you know that they are experiencing and it's so beautiful to see that and you know that these struggles that they're going through are struggles you went through and struggles that you will still go through. And it's wonderful when we can come alongside our children and recognize, yes, I'm your mom, I'm your dad, but I am also your brother and sister in Christ as well. And we can just calmly take a breath and say, I'm not meant to be perfect. Uh, omniscience is not a spiritual gifting. I have searched the scriptures extensively. I wish it was, especially as primarily a boy mom. I would love to be omniscient, but we're not called to do that. Instead, we are called to train up our children in the way they should go. And some of that's proactive and some of it's reactive. So if we can end the day and just be giving God the glory, thank you, Lord, for this one more opportunity to be able to be good stewards of your gifts, which are our children, right. then and and give me the strength, Lord, tomorrow to, to help them meet the world head on, then it seems less daunting. Because that's one thing Satan wants to do is he always wants to make us feel like we're not enough and there's way too much ahead of us. And that's okay, because you know what? We've got a God who's already conquered it all. So when we rest in him, we can meet what's coming on. That's exactly right. Yeah, I have to remind our oldest is 10. It's a boy. And uh, I I have to remind him sometimes, like, uh, his name's Landon. I say, Landon, you know, I, I really blew it here. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. You know, like, yes. I he knows and I know. So it's really good. I think sometimes for him and for me with the parent or the dad son relationship to let him know, you know, dad's not infallible. Dad's yeah. not omniscient, you know, uh, that frees us up. If we, if we know that we don't have to know everything, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes I know that I've talked with folks and I don't know how I'm supposed to teach my kids the Bible. I'm still learning the Bible myself. Right. And I'm like, yes, exactly. <laughs> but chances are you're a little further along than your child. And so yeah. what you have, you can offer that. And we'll, we can get a little more of that uh, in a little bit, but yeah, that's really, really good stuff. Um, so just speak to, you know, your experience, boy, mom, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, we, uh, one of our church elders here, uh, just speaking with his wife just the other day, they've got, she's a boy mom. And we were, yeah. you know, we were talking about, we were at a church event and we had stopped in conversation about something and she's always bringing up the, the boy mom thing, you know, and, she, and she's got these stories and this and that. And, um, I, we've got we've got both genders in my family, so I don't I'm not a boy dad or a girl dad. I'm both, but yeah. it's it, it's funny to hear uh, her and hear her talk about raising her boys. And uh, but would you just speak to the fact of um, so although it can be daunting mm -hmm. uh, and it, it's difficult, mm -hmm. uh, would you speak to just a little bit of the fact that we we there is an obligation to um, nonetheless, there is a, still an obligation that remains on parents to put forth this effort 
even when it's difficult, even when it's a little uncertain, to uh, be a, a huge part of their spiritual formation. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Be a part of that, you know, how, whatever your thoughts there in that. Yeah. And that's one thing when we can change our focus on parenting is, you know, this is a, a stewardship. This is a discipleship model that we're doing. It takes some of the pressure off because you recognize that discipleship is not something that's a one and done conversation. It's not a power weekend event. This is lifelong. Even when they go off to college at 18, you're still their parent. You're still going to be discipling them. And one thing I found when I was when I was studying for a my very first talk that I gave while I was a graduate student is I was looking at scriptures regarding to how we are to teach our children. And I was drawn to Paul's command for fathers, you know, bring your children up in training and instruction. And of course, mothers were commanded to do that too. And I noticed it was different because he it's a two-part. Uh, process. It's training and instruction. Whereas most other passages, especially when we think of like Proverbs 22, six, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a, you know, train up your children in the way they should go. And so I started to look at that. I'm like, okay, wait a second. Why does he have this two-part breakdown? And so I started to look at all of the mentions of teaching within scripture. And what it brought me to was Deuteronomy 4.10. So the Israelites had just been led out of captivity, out of Egypt, and they were gathered at the foot of Mount Horeb and God was speaking to them. And he was like, y'all, you are super good at getting yourselves thrown into slavery and turning your back on me. Here's a pro tip on how not to do that. He goes, teach my precepts unto your children, for they will live long, uh, long lives in, in prosperity in the promised land. And this word teach is the Hebrew word lemad, which means training to be put into use with the expectation that it will be put into use. Any mm -hmm. other time throughout the Old Testament, this word lemad is used. It's referring to how the Israelites were to go into battle. And it was a two-part process. It was first, they had to be in complete reverence and submission to the Lord because anytime, and we know this, right? Like anytime yep. Yep. we try to charge off into something and we're like, hey, God, keep up and we're not operating on his commands, it usually ends in failure. So the, fir the first command is we have to be submissive to God. And then we have to have tactical training. And when we flash back to Ephesians 6, what we see is this command and admonishment for parents on how they are to bring up their children directly precedes the armor of God, which every Christian, regardless of their age, if they have accepted Christ as their savior, they have the armor of God. But so often as parents, we put more effort into teaching our kids how to wield Nerf guns than the armor of God, but it's the armor of God that's actually going to help them do battle in this world. And so yep. when we recognize that and look at how soldiers were trained, it was systematic. It was intentional. They had yep. to learn flanking movements, what happens if we're in a battle, and also be in complete control and confidence of the gear that they were given. And the last thing that you, if you look at the list of um, the armor of God is the sword of the spirit. That's the last sort of... I think it's defensive. I always get these two mixed up because I'm not proficient in football, whichever the attacking side is defensive or offensive. Um, offensive. Thank you. It's offensive. Um, that is the last article of armor that, that they are given. And it's the only one that is used to actually engage in battle. Everything else is protective. So when we are rooted in our identity of Christ, which is you know, you're anchored in the belt of truth. First thing we have to be rooted in truth and our children have to know that truth is truth exists. It's accessible and knowable mm -hmm. within this world yep. because our world right now is attacking the very existence of truth, because yep. if they can destroy truth or at least blind us to it, then everything becomes a matter of opinion. 
Mm-hmm. So it has to be firmly rooted in truth first. And then you got that breastplate of righteousness, which helped protect the heart and the will of the individual. You've got your shield of faith, helmet of salvation. You got the shoes fitted with the readiness of the gospel, which is to help you to be rooted in the battlefield. They had spikes on them for the reason. So you wouldn't move around kind of like how football spikes are. Um, and then that was all this protective measure to protect who you are and who you know that you are within Christ. And then you have the weapon and that's last given with Roman soldiers when they were trained, that was the marking of an actual soldier. You didn't get to call yourself a soldier until you passed all of the training and were presented a real sword. And so with that, with regards to parenting, that's how we need to teach our kids. I mean, if your, your boy, dad, you know, 10 years old, you know, I'm sure if your child has a BB gun, you didn't just toss it to him and say, Hey buddy, go nuts. You know, you sat down, you did training. Okay. This is how you load it. We keep it pointed down. You know, same with the spiritual armor of God as we are looking at scripture, we're going through, we're tactically engaging culture that's coming at them and you can't keep your kids from it. Um, It doesn't matter what private school you have. Uh, Even bunkers underground aren't going to be impervious to worldly teachings, but instead we are to take what the world gives us and point out biblical truths within it so that we, our kids are proficient when they leave the home on how to wield the armor of God and be less likely to succumb to the world because of it. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. We, we, we talk a lot here with uh, helping um, I'm riffing off of our family pastor here. He does a great job with the family ministry portion of our church, but he talks about, just constantly um, helping our kids uh, know how to view culture in a, yes. in a proper light with a biblical worldview. So not being afraid of culture, Absolutely. not being uh, you know reclusive, mm-hmm. but how to engage with a biblical understanding and how to parse through things and how to exactly what you're saying. And um, I think that is how, you know, I'm convinced that's how we ought to equip young people. Uh, mm-hmm. Instead of you know, there was an older kind of view, an older style that some of the some of the older generation were raised with. Not everyone, but some were, you know, just keep to yourself. We have to keep you know keep Christians pure and you know right you know completely you know it was this kind of disconnect between the world and the church, the world and Christians, and and I, I think that has some good motive behind it, but I think that there it creates more problems than solves, in my opinion. Uh, but just kind of thinking through, um, you know, it, uh, kids have real questions. And this is what I, you know, I can relate. Everyone can relate. Everyone has real questions. Mm-hmm. And those questions need to be engaged well. Um, because a lot of times with our children, I think they can tell phoniness pretty quickly, uh, especially if they know mom and dad pretty well, which mm-hmm. oftentimes that's true. They can tell when you're being genuine and sincere and dealing with them versus you know kind of blowing them off or giving them just a you know a canned answer or something and right using my son as an example he asks some really good questions and i've Mm -hmm. at times said you know what it's a great question i kind of have an answer for you but i really need let me get back to you tomorrow or the next day i'm gonna do some study and then we can have a conversation about it or you know yada 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 those types of things and those really I think for me and for for other folks, that, that sort of mentality uh, is not uh, that fosters a great um, foundation for biblical worldview uh, mm-hmm. in in that regard of uh, being able to wherever they are at, they can you know assess a situation. They can uh, you know wh- whatever friend that they have a conversation with or what sort of media they come across, 
Uh, it's not to just fight or flight mode, but it's like, oh, yeah. let me think through these types of things. So yeah. anyway, a lot of lot maybe potential rabbit trails there. But um, so let me let me ask you this. Um, just in general, I just want to give some folks who may be listening to this, uh, whenever they listen, uh, answer some questions that um, are maybe common. Maybe you've had some conversations with folks about this. Maybe you've written on this. Uh, but just some of these questions that I've listed out for us to go through. But the first one is, and I think that a lot of parents have a fear to really engage their kids with scripture because they are not super confident in it themselves, but they think yeah. that they may have to be somewhat of an expert or mm. just there's a level, like there's kind of a level of knowledge that until they reach that, they're not really equipped to teach their kids. And yeah. I want to like, I'm like, no, please. That's a complete wrong way of thinking. So what do you say to an objection like that? Oh yeah. I would say, nope, you do not have to be an expert because that, that would take years and years and years of study. And it also deprives you of so many beautiful moments where you can kind of exercise a bit of intellectual humility and mm. excitement and passion for the Lord, because we, yes. we don't want our kids. So many people say, oh, church is boring and scripture is dull. And you know, all of these excuses that are completely false. And we say like your example, which I've, I've said so many times with my kids, wow, that is a great question. I haven't looked into it much. Do you mind if I go and do some research? And this is great because it it takes us off our pedestal. Kids tend to put us on a pedestal, yes, whether it intentionally or not. That's and right. so when we can say, you know what, I don't know this. It's like, okay, mom doesn't mom doesn't know this, but you know what, dad doesn't know this. But they're willing to do the research. And that also communicates that that good intellectual study takes time. I mean, we are in an era to where with a few clicks, we can have the world delivered at our doorstep. And we what we need to do is foster the fact that kids research takes time. And we, you have to dig deep into it. And that is part of an act of worship. That's how we get to know the Lord better, just like our spouses. You know, Absolutely. we get to know them over Absolutely. years and they change just like scripture. There are so many passages that we read that never quite hit us until the one moment where God needs it to. And we're like, where I've read this a thousand times, but now it's standing out to me. Absolutely. So. When we can take time to to go and research things together, it also passes on that sort of contagious excitement for discovery. And yes. so when we say, man, you remember that question you asked me a day or two ago? I've found some things. Do you mind if I share with you what I found? Most kids with being little or teens will be like, yeah, sure. What, what you got? And then you can show your resources. And that also helps kids reinforce the idea that when we are going to God and when we are doing our research, we're not looking for opinions. We're looking for truth. That's right. And so right. when we can show them, okay, look, this is why this, uh, this is true. This it's logically consistent. It's solid. It's sound. Um, here are, here are these intellectuals and to be charitable, demonstrate intellectual charity as well, because the world, the secular world can speak very sound biblical truth and the Christian community can speak falsehood. And so when we take down that black and white mentality, we can say, no, look, every, the, yep. what the world is saying on this subject for this point, this point, this point, hundred percent solid, hundred percent true. However, here's where it falls short. It's that critical evaluation. That's right. That's right. And so, and, and nobody's going to know all of the things. And so, no, you don't have to be an expert. You just have to love your kid enough to help equip them for the world. And if you love your kid enough, then boom, you are ripe for ministering to your kiddo. Yeah. And I would just add to that, um, you know, kind of one of my, my mantras as a father, we're homeschool family, like I've said. Yeah. 
And I've told my wife, I've reassured her many times. I said, sweetheart, we will be successful, not mm -hmm. if we send our kids out as brainiacs, but when we send them out and they know how to think for themselves. Oh, amen. And yes. so my job is not to fill their head with knowledge of all the facts of the world that they need to know when they turn 18 or 19 and go, mm -hmm. no, that they're, they're people. <laughs> As you well know, we're still learning it well into our adult years. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. We learn stuff all the time. But learning how to think well, critically, mm -hmm. you know, yes. and a lot of people will take that word and go, well, well, you shouldn't be critical of others. I'm like, no, that's not what that means at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but teaching them how to think well mm -hmm. with logic and yes. rationale and how to assess a truth claim. Mm -hmm. You know, and to be able to, you know, remove the truth claim from its source and to evaluate it on its objectivity, right? Yes. To, okay, well, I trust this person and they said this, so it must be true. Well, no, that's not a logical deduction there. And those are types of Absolutely. things that we have to train our children that even dad says some things sometimes that are misguided unintentionally. Mm -hmm. And you love him and you trust him as an example. It doesn't mean that every word that comes out of my mouth is good, right, holy, true. And, you know, <laughs> and so the same idea I think carries over. So no, we don't have to be experts, but we need to train our children how to think well. Would you agree? I'm so, oh, hundred percent. And yeah, when you can help your children think well, they're going to recognize truth. And since God is truth, exactly. it's wonderful because they're going to have these opportunities for the Holy Spirit to work in them. I've told parents before is our role as a parent is not to convert our children. It's to make competent children. There it's the Holy go. Spirit's job to convert. We're not Holy Spirit. We can never fill that role. And right. so all we are called to do is to train up our children. And if we can help them to think well, then they're going to be able to stand firm against culture because our culture loves that social media mentality. Oh, if it elicits an emotional response, then it must be true and good. If I have sincere feelings, if I cry out, oh, I'm being oppressed, well, then they must be oppressed. And if we can raise kids who can rightly empathize with feelings, say, I, I see why you feel this way. However, what you're saying isn't exactly true. It doesn't affirm who you are as made the image bearer of God and be able to point that out and separate the true, the two, then they will be so much more effective uh, in wrestling with the claims of culture because our culture doesn't want our, our kids to think critically. They want them to react emotionally because then they can control them basically like That's puppets. Right. That's right. Once you have, you know, once you give them, you know, your emotions, then they've, they've got you. You can, yeah. you're malleable, you're pliable and yeah, yeah. That's really, really good. Okay, so the second, and I, I have another one there, but these kind of are one in the same, uh, two sides of the same coin. But what about like an objection? Like, I, I'm not an apologist. You know, maybe that's like a certain group of super Christians who are really smart, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> you know? Oh, right. Uh, yeah, with they, the leather they coats, do the with whole, the patches. You know, that's their job. They, <laughs> yeah. they defend the Christian faith, and mm -hmm. that's not me. So I can't really train my kids in apologetics. How, how would you re uh, respond to something like that? I would say we're all apologists. Honestly, if you are a Christian believer, you are an apologist because there has been a time in your life, especially if you're a parent, if you've been in the car longer than 20 minutes with your kid, they all of a sudden become philosophers and they start asking these huge questions. And anytime your kid asks a big question and you are giving a response or an account or citing archaeological evidence for the gospel, then you are being an apologist. And that's what we're called. It's uh, 1 Peter 3.15, be ready to give a defense for the hope that is within you. 
And so anytime we give a reason for why we believe what we do, anytime we are sharing our faith with someone and they listen and nod and go, okay, but, and whatever follows the, but the question that follows when we respond to that, we're engaging in apologetics. Apologetics, it's a tool of the faith. And it's one that sometimes can be stigmatized in the church. I've noticed, uh, and this has happened more in older generations than in sort of the the millennial crowd. Uh, Oh, apologetics, it's it's not a replacement for the Holy Spirit. No, it's not. It's a tool to be used to get Mm -hmm. to know our Savior better, to get to know God better, and to be able to be a more effective evangelist. And so, nope, if, if you're a believer, you're already an apologist. You just maybe need to do a little sharpening, do a little study, find out what your kids are struggling with, what they're facing, what their favorite music is teaching them, because all forms of art are an expression of a worldview. And pick something and then dive into it and discuss it with your kids and then have another conversation. That's that's discipleship. Yeah. And I think with, you know, with the, specifically with parent-child relationship, um, if there is a relationship being fostered on a regular, consistent basis, those questions that you're talking about from your kids, they're going to just naturally come up. You're, oh, yeah. It's not going to be, it, I think it would be more rare to say that they walk into the room while you're doing laundry one day and ask you with a philosophical question. You know, that's less likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more likely will be just in the middle of a conversation. Maybe you're cooking in the kitchen. Maybe you're uh, heading to soccer practice. Maybe you're, you know, on on the fly, really, mm-hmm. uh, when you're just mid conversation. And every time you're, like you said, I'm just affirming that every time you're discussing those things, you are in one sense defending the faith, mm-hmm. but your uh, defense sometimes comes across as negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't like to use the word defense in a mm-hmm. purely negative. I think defense can be extremely in a in a positive manner in the sense of Absolutely. making a positive case. I think you know what I mean by that. Yeah. Um, and so our kids, when they see that we are engaging in that, it gives um, credibility to our, as parents, our profession of faith to them. Mm-hmm. So, Mom, man, re- she maybe I don't get what she's saying, but she really takes her faith in Christ seriously. There's something to that. There's some weight to it. Um, and I think that's really, really valuable stuff. Okay, enough of that. Really good stuff. Thank you for uh, answering those. So let's kind of wrap the episode up with just some basic tips. Now, I know that, by the way, I haven't even shown this. This is the book that I have been discussing, and I've got bad light in here. I apologize for that, <laughs> but uh, it's fluorescent light. Everyone loves it. So this is the original uh, Mama Bear Apologetics book. Would commend it to you. Um, it'd be good to have on your shelf, especially, especially if you're a mom with kids, although it can be useful for anyone. Um, but want to just talk about some tips. We've talked a little bit about it, but maybe a little bit more fine tuned yeah. um, tips for parents specifically as they engage hard questions. We've, we've brought a little bit about that, a little bit of that up, but would you speak a little bit more to specific things that would be an encouragement to parents? Absolutely. Make use of the little moments. Uh, Those you're going to have dozens of them throughout the day, and it doesn't require a whole lot of effort to take advantage of them. So one game that we play with our kids is called the pause game. And we started this when they were really little, we would watch and I, you know, I'm a stay home mom, Uh, we homeschooled our kiddos for probably up until about third grade or so. And so we would watch cartoons together. 
And what would happen is, is if something came across the the TV that was a truth claim, um, a, a stance, a different worldview, we would pause the show and be like, okay, guys, what did you just see? And kids are sponges. They pick up on the game really fast. Okay, wait a second. This word truth was used or love was used, justice. What do they mean by that? What are the intentions of the character? I mean, they might have good intentions, but the way they're going about the situation is dangerous or toxic or uh, degrading to who they are as a, as a human being or cat, you know, kids cartoons are anthropomorphic, but, um, and, and have a brief discussion of what they're seeing and then, yeah, great job. Good spotting guys. And then boop, unpause it and watch with your kids. So that helps teach, especially little ones that, okay, Mm. what I'm seeing is not just mindless entertainment, which, you know, amuse, amuse without thinking it's instead, okay, somebody, even though I love this character and they're fun, they may not say everything that's hundred percent right. And so it gets their little sensors up. And what's so great is you only have to play that game a few times before Mm. your kids start doing it on their own. I've had numerous occasions. Yeah. And I've had so many times where I've been in the kitchen cooking and my kids will come in and be like mom mom come here and i go running into the room because i got boys so i think one of them's bleeding and it turns out everything's fine it was just something they saw on the tv and they go okay wait mom and they unpause the tv and we watch it together and they'll pause it again they go did you catch it and it's like yes i did and you did too so that's that's a great opportunity is play the pause game for a great great tip i like it yeah it's it's super easy um for older kids, hop on their top 10 playlist and download the lyrics and read the lyrics together of the songs that that they are jamming to. Because how mm. many times have we, even as adults, we're bopping along to a song and we don't quite realize what we're advocating until we stop to read it. And we're like, oh, my goodness, that is my wife. What- my wife and I just had a situation like that recently. Uh, something it was uh, you know Facebook reels and things mm-hmm. and little videos and there was one of the popular song on kind of playing in the background and yeah caught something caught my 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 ear and we both kind of looked it up and we were just shell shocked yeah at how vile <laughs> we're mm-hmm. just like oh my word you know? yeah it's so, amazing the stuff that if there's oh a catchy my. tune you you'll miss oh, it oh you'll miss it all you'll miss most of it it's just kind of put in yeah. there with the catchy tune and then you have no anyway yeah, yeah. spot on <laughs> yeah and then don't be intimidated by culture so yeah. i i've personally yeah. known parents who during the months of may and especially june they will not take their children out of the house yep. uh, anytime they go grocery shopping because they yep. don't want them to encounter any of the slogans the rainbows that sort of thing yeah. and what that does is while i understand the in- intention it's it's you're trying to put your kid in a Christian bubble, but one, we're on the wrong side of heaven for that to ever be feasible and workable. Uh, Bubbles always pop and you're missing teaching opportunities. So instead, you know, when the world comes up, whether it's on a commercial at the drive-through on the barista's pin or on, on groceries in the store, instead say, okay, see that? What do they mean by that? What do they mean by love? What do they mean by equality? And take those tiny moments just to explain the definitions. Okay. Now what is God's design for love? And what, what does this communicate about his nature and his relationship to us? And it's just those small little moments to take advantage. And then there's a wealth of books out there. 
one that I absolutely love, especially for older kids. It's called A Practical Guide to Culture by um, Stone Street and Kunkel, I think Brett Kunkel and John Stone Street. Yeah, I've seen that book. Yeah. Yeah. That one's really good, really accessible. It's worldview appropriate um, or worldview focused. And then he's got great questions like, can we trust the Bible? You know, big questions that your teen has. Sure. I think I, I ended up staying up all night because I started reading it and I just could not put it down. And so start reading books and then... If you really want to be challenged, drive with your kids and just ask, hey, buddy, what what is something you're wrestling with? Or what is something that is being discussed in the locker room or on the school bus? Or what's something your friends are wrestling with? And just have this open door policy to be like, you can come to me and ask anything and I'm not going to freak out. It's called the no flinch rule. You cannot panic in front of your kids because if you do, they know mom and dad are going to lose it. So they're going to not talk to you. They're going to talk to somebody else. Somebody else. And so they, they will never stop asking the questions. You just might cut yourself off from being able to influence your kiddo. So say, you know what? Great question. Let's go ahead and take this head on. I've known parents who have explained how babies are born while serving lasagna at dinner because they're like, okay, you want you want the question? I will get you the answer. It's and happening I, now. Okay. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. And that's what I tell people. If you're if your kid has the maturity to answer the question, we have the responsibility to give them an age-appropriate answer. Yeah. So that doesn't mean that every situation is going to be ideal. I mean, Sunday brunch with grandma may not be the best time for certain subjects, but all you got to do is be like, baby, that is an excellent question. I can't really discuss it right now, but how about we wait until we are on the drive home? Or let's wait until it's just me and you. We'll put brother and sister down early. You and I will stay up, have a cup of, of hot chocolate or whatever, and we we will discuss it and you can ask me whatever you want because then the kids know mom and dad are safe. I can bring my struggles. They're not going to call me a bad Christian for doubting or questioning or any of that. Instead, they are affirming my my concerns and showing that even when I doubt, I can still come to the foot of the cross. And so- What's great about that is it will it will spill out of your kids into their friends. And so I've had instances where my son's friends have said, oh, well, Miss Amy, you're religious. What do you think about this? And here I get an, a great opportunity to minister to one of my son's friends just because he's ministered to them. And they go, okay, wait a second here. He yep. got the answers from somewhere. It's got to be from his folks. Let me ask yep. the question. Yep. And kids are... Uh, not only are they sponges, you mentioned that earlier, but they, uh, they're everything. They're just learning everything. Yeah. Uh, they, and they want to, they really do want to learn. You know, we have the, the mentality, especially when you get older, you know, middle school and high school, you got the, the stereotypical kid who's just like, I'm bored out of my life yeah. or school, you know, but really they want to learn. Maybe they just don't want to learn that specific thing, but they really have deep questions. Mm-hmm. And they're listening, uh, and even they if they are in their phones, everything. they're listening, they're listening yes. to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they have, you know, it's kind of the computer analogy. They, they have a processor that's working. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a, a motherboard that's, you know, doing different things. And they're, you know, they're, they're processing all the information that they're receiving. And I'm just, I'm just so convinced that we shouldn't necessarily focus our time on keeping bad information away, but mm-hmm. teaching and preparing and fostering how to process and how to, um, you know, filter maybe would be a different word, the information that is received. 
Oh, absolutely. Because you, you can't keep it out. I no, mean, you even, even no, you innocuous can't. cartoons, uh, Christian private school, homeschool co-ops. Every, it's are, everywhere. It's everywhere. It's, They're interacting yeah. with humans. It's there. That's right. Well, and that would become the problem of sin and yeah. we're all humans. And so there you go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> unless, oh. unless they're well, and then they're themselves as well. So not yeah. even solitary confinement is is a fix <laughs> yeah it's not gonna work like i've looked nope. you know when we were first starting out it's like you know the bunker thing or the swedish yeah. convent yeah, yeah, is yeah. starting to sound really good but they're yep. expensive and they really don't work so it's yep. just so much more efficient yep. to train your yep. kids how to think well that's right that's right and so and cheaper <laughs> fair point especially in our economy <laughs> right, right now so yeah well thank you amy so much for for just joining us for a conversation today uh, promoting Mama Bear Apologetics. You'll have a website. I guess it's, is it just Mama Bear Apologetics? Uh, is that the website name? Yep. Mama, it's M-A-M-A because there's all different ways to spell mama. Sure, but sure. M-A-M-A apologetics.com yep, yep. or Mama Bear apologetics.com. Sure, yep. And you'll get blogs, podcasts. You'll see book announcements. We are on the social medias so you can yep. follow us there. And so we, we're available and you can message. One thing we love to encourage folks is, you know, we've got a Facebook page. And if you, there's a message option, if there's something that your family is struggling with or going through, or you want to, ask a question or have something covered, shoot us an idea. There have been so many times where we've done blogs specific to questions that we've been asked. So if there's something that you're going through, let us know. And we'll not only point you to resources that can help you, but we may even do a blog dedicated specifically to that struggle that you're going through. Cool. That's great. Yeah. Thank you for that. So y'all are on social media. Uh, like she, like she said just now uh, for our listeners here, um, check them out, especially this book. I already showed it, but just the, the main Mama Bear Apologetics. I've flipped through it. I haven't read through it all, but a lot of really, really good kind of a one-stop shop resource to kind of get things going. So would commend yeah. that. Um, well, thank you, Amy, uh, for taking the time out of your day for uh, to, to discuss this with me. I so appreciate it. And listeners, uh, thank you for listening into this episode today. Um, if it's been a blessing to you, don't forget, pass it along, you know, click the share button. This will be on YouTube if you're watching and we'll also have an audio version on our Podbean app. So however you share your media, please pass it along. And don't forget that you can also, uh, put a request in on our podcast, on our homepage, uh, bbcemory.org and send us a request to uh, potentially answer a question or address a topic on a future podcast episode. So as usual... Until next time, grace and peace be with you all.